in Georgia, so uh, we have a backup uh, sound, uh, I was going to say sound man, but then you'd get arrested for, for <laughs> not saying the right gender. You know, nowadays, of course, uh, uh, it's a sound they now, right? So you can't even say sound man or sound woman, so it's a sound they, so. Um, <clears throat> uh, we live in interesting times for sure, don't we? Amen. And, um, you know, uh, from my perspective, I, I could care less what individuals, you know, especially adults do, you know, behind closed doors or whatever, whatever they think, you know, none of my business. It's, it's only my concern when they start influencing other people, especially when they start uh, influencing and grooming our children to think crazy thoughts. Amen. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so it's, uh, that's really the issue that we have right now is our society has, has realized, you know, they, they can't because their ideas are so insane that they, they can't uh, convince other sane people to go along with them, so they think they will influence uh, uh, impressionable young children to think crazy thoughts, amen? Uh, but um, in fact, uh, uh, Jared, Jared's like two years old, and uh, maybe three, I mean, he could, he could talk a little bit, and uh, he was in the van with Chris, they were just driving from here to there, not talking about anything, just driving from the, here to there, and suddenly Jared says, Mama? said, uh, uh, boys should marry girls. And that's what he says. I well, you're 100% right, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know where he got that from, but, um, uh, but I mean, of course, when he's that age, you know, he's still alive unto God, and, and no doubt he had that revelation uh, of what God would say, amen. Boys should marry girls. And, um, uh, and that's really all you got to know, amen. Uh, and everything else should, should be pretty easy. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the Word of God and the Gospel is actually fairly easy, uh, we have to be extremely educated to make it difficult, amen? And sometimes people get uh, advanced degrees in uh, stupidity. And uh, in fact, I was reading a book today. It was one of these about why, why, the, uh, why healing is not for today. And it's like a 140-page book. I didn't read the whole book. You know, you kind of skim through it after a while. But, um, <clears throat> and it was written in like 1925, around the time when a lot of uh, uh, main uh, uh, major... Uh, healing evangelists were still around, like F.F. F. Bosworth, you know, and um, uh, folks like that. Uh, and, and I kept reading his, his, um, uh, his explanations of why uh, healing is not for today, and they're really just terrible. I mean, just really poorly put together arguments about why it's not today. You know, I mean, if, if uh, of course, it's, it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to, um, uh, to come up with a valid reason, of course, because it's, it's such an obvious uh, uh, document about why um, <laughs> uh, it's such an obviously documented uh, uh, doctrine in the Word of God that healing is for today. But, you know, that when they put these, uh, uh, I mean, long, you know, incredibly boring uh, descriptions about why these things are not for today, the arguments are, are just terrible. They're just they're not, not well thought out, amen? And they're hoping that nobody will spend five seconds and go confirm what they said is true or not true. Uh, and they'll say things like, well, the book of James is not, uh, is not for us today because it says to, to the 12 tribes that are scattered. Uh, and, and so because it, it, it said that, and you ignore the entire rest of the book of James and forget everything else that James says because other places he makes it more clear that he's talking to the church. But because of that, it's not written for today. But then you can, if that's true, then Ephesians is not for the church today. Philippians is not for the church today. Colossians is not for the church today. The book of Luke and Acts were written to Theophilus, uh, not to a, a church or to the, to the church. It was written to a single person. That person's long gone dead. So we should, even, we should rip out the book of Luke, the book of Acts, all the epistles written to the church. Most of the book of Revelation. I mean, what, what's left? Uh, um, well, Philemon was written to Philemon, right? Uh, I don't know about Jude. I haven't looked about it. But, but after you do all that, you're literally left with almost nothing uh, in, the, in the whole New Testament. Uh, it, the, so the argument is so poor. But, you know, they say, you know, these fanatical people that come up and they call us fanatics. And it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, um, it, it's, uh, it's a shame, amen? It's a shame that people... Uh, would spend any amount of effort in trying to to, um, to dissuade people from what the Word of God clearly states, amen? And, and I'm always suspicious of anybody who tries to do away with the supernatural, just in general, supernatural, uh, that God is not supernatural today. I mean, God is a supernatural God. He literally is in the realm of the Spirit. 
the only way we can contact him is through a supernatural uh, process of some kind, you know, by him speaking to us by his spirit, or even by the revelation of the Word of God, not just the Word of God, but the revelation that comes from his Word is supernatural. How, I mean, you have to believe that he is. Well, you have to believe in the supernatural to believe that he is. Uh, and so there's no, how do you remove the supernatural from God and, and him still be God? Uh, and if he's supernatural in one area, why wouldn't it be supernatural in all areas? Why would he limit it to, to only uh, certain areas? Uh, and um, I, I really, you know, I mean, other than I understand that the spirit of the Antichrist, uh, you know, John says that the spirit of the Antichrist is here today. So it's not the actual Antichrist, but the spirit of the Antichrist, or the, the spirit that's against, anti, against Christ, which means the anointed one. Uh, so it's the, those that are against the anointing or the move of God. Uh, that spirit's been here since day one. Uh, and that's really, the, so these people that write these books are people who are yielding to the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, of course, that would sound like a really terrible uh, statement against them, but uh, they're against the move of God. Uh, and, the, and God's not against the move of God, so they're not getting it from the Lord himself. They're getting it from the same spirit of the Antichrist. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what, what we should do is we should be concerned about any excess, uh, any areas where we are uh, way out of bounds from the word of God, where, where we say things like, well, you should never take medicine or go visit a doctor, or, you know, or you're in sin, which is not true because... Uh, natural remedies were found in the Word of God, and so uh, that's part of it, amen. Uh, and so um, uh, excesses in areas, finances, excesses where, well, uh, uh, I can only pray for you for healing if you give me an offering, or, you know, things like that that are obviously against the Word of God. Uh, those things should be dealt with, amen. And, and those things have all occurred, amen. They have all occurred in the, in the church, and it's, uh, it's a shame that it's happened, but that doesn't do away with the actual doctrine of healing, amen, or any other doctrine that's found in the Word of God. And so it's interesting, you know, it's, it's I call it opposition research, you know, when you're reading things like that, because it just, uh, it, you know, it kind of breaks my heart in a sense that an intelligent human being would put that much effort into 140 pages of a book and then publish this book. Uh, and he's well known, in, you know, this particular author is well known, I have written other, other books uh, in relation to the, to the Word of God. Uh, and um, I don't know his reputation because I, I don't know him as an individual. He's been long gone by now. But, um, uh, but you know, if you write that many books and publish that many books, you, uh, somebody's paying for all those things, amen. So uh, he was probably well-known at that point in time. But um, it's just a shame, amen. Shame that, that they were going to try to dissuade people, you know, who are sincere Christians from pursuing uh, help from the Lord where they need help, amen. If you're sick, you need help and healing, amen. If, if you're sick in the mind, you, you need help. Uh, in getting your mind renewed, amen? Well, the Lord can provide help in all those areas. And so let's pray and we'll get into the word tonight. So Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for blessing us each and every day. And Father, we thank you that your word is true and, and it's so, Father. And it's not um, gone out of date, Father. It's not out of style. It's as real and as valuable today as it was, Father, the, the day that the, the, the ink was dried on the, on the parchment that it was written upon. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that uh, we can come to your word and yield to the Spirit of God and obtain revelation inside of what you desire for us to know each and every day. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's open up the book of Philippians, chapter uh, 3. We'll continue there today. We've been kind of stuck on verse uh, 10 here. Uh, and when I say stuck, you know, it's not like uh, we can't just move on if we want to. But there's just a lot of good things in, in this particular verse and we had talked about, uh, let's just read verse 10 here. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the, the, know, the word there, know there means to know him in an experiential way, not just know about him, but actually know him. Like you've met him, like you've talked to him, like you know him as a friend. That's the kind of know that, that uh, Paul wants to know him by. Uh, and the power of supernatural miracle work and power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And so... Uh, we've been, we talked quite a bit about the fellowship of his sufferings and how we talked about um, uh, from Romans chapter 8, verse 18, that says that the, that the um, uh, sufferings that we experience in this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Uh, and then uh, I, didn't, I mentioned the verse there in 2 Corinthians, uh, but I didn't, I didn't give you the reference to it. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We had read several of uh, Paul's... Um, sufferings here from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
and um, starting in verse, um, uh, let's see, starting in verse uh, 8, it says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. So for Paul, no matter what comes his way, there's an answer for that. And that, that really should be um, uh, part of your vocabulary. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with saying, well, this is going on in my life. But if you leave it at that, then, then you don't have an answer. You know, there's nothing wrong saying, well, uh, I mean, sometimes the, the confession police will say, you're not allowed to say that you're sick. But if you're sick, you're sick. It's not like, you know, you can't say that you're not sick because that would be denying reality, amen? So I don't, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, well, I'm not feeling well. Um, but you can't leave it at that. Paul didn't leave it. At, Paul didn't say that uh, uh, I'm troubled on every side, I'm perplexed, I'm persecuted, and I'm cast down. He didn't say that, amen? He, with, with everything that he was dealing with, there was an answer. Uh, and so what's your answer if you're not feeling well? But I'm the healed of God, amen? Uh, and oftentimes, uh, if anything, I'll say, well, uh, my body and I are having a disagreement. I'm saying that I'm healed. My body's saying that I'm not well. Uh, and just like an unruly child, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell, you know, children, you can either behave now, behave later, but you're going to behave. And I tell my body the same thing. You can either get now, get well now, or get well later. I don't mean like forever later. I mean, you know, maybe the next five minutes later, uh, but you're going to get better. Amen. Uh, and so uh, there should be an answer uh, for these things. And, and uh, but what happens oftentimes is we like to elevate our difficulties. Amen. Uh, my life is so hard and so difficult and everything's falling apart. And uh, so what are we doing? We're elevating things. And, and the question that I have when people are talking about that is, well, what's your answer? Is there an answer for these things going on in your life? And of course, we know that there is, at least mentally we know there is, but do you know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is? You know, uh, Chris, Chris and I deal with things like every uh, family deals with, just things happen, Amen. And I can't tell you how many times we've just looked at each other and said, well, let's just see what the Lord does. We see no way out, but we know there's a way out. Uh, and we don't have to know, that the, we don't have to know that there, what the way is. We just have to know that there is a way. Uh, and so we just sit back and we just watch. If the Lord tells us to do something, we do it. If he doesn't tell us to do something, we'll just wait. And without exception, he's always come through. Amen. Uh, and so we just never get under pressure. I mean, well, I say we never get under pressure. On occasion, we do get under pressure. I think I get under pressure more than Chris gets under pressure. But, uh, but I'll catch myself and say, well, I'm not, I'm not worrying about that. In fact, uh, if that ever happens, I'll repent to the Lord. Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me for worrying because worrying is, is a sign that I don't believe that you're going to come through. Uh, and, and I do believe that you're going to come through. I believe that you always will come through. Uh, and, and so... So, we, we, so Paul had an answer for all these things. But even after all of those things, he comes all the way down to verse 17. This is the verse that I mentioned. Uh, I didn't give you the reference for it, though. He says, for our light affliction. So remember in verse 10, he says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and of course, uh, in chapter 11, he talks about all the times he was beaten and stoned and left for dead and, and uh, been in the uh, a day and the night in the deep and shipwrecked and all these things. Uh, and yet Paul calls these things light afflictions. Light afflictions. You know, uh, what have you got to complain about? Amen? I mean, you know, uh, you think about all the problems you have. It's, it's uh, one of my favorite stories is we were helping a lady. Uh, she was ministering in one of the hotels. Uh, she had like a hotel meeting in our city, and so she'd asked the church if we'd help just usher in things, and so we did. And and um, so she had a prayer line for the sick, and, and she got to this one fella, uh, and she'd say, what's wrong with you? And, you know, somebody said, well, you got a toe ache or headache or whatever, you know, and this guy, he had a list. You ever, have, you ever seen people that got a list? It's everything. I mean, you know, the McGillicuddy uh, switch was broken, and, you know, the canoe valve was messed up, and I mean, everything was just, you know, high blood pressure and low blood pressure at the same time. I mean, just, it was everything, you know, just, and just, it was a, and, you know, and, you know, some people take glory in that. People oftentimes, when they, when they have a lot of sickness and disease, that's their glory. That's their way to obtain attention. That's their way to get you to feel sorry for them. And it's on and on and on. Uh, and, and, you know, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, uh, you know, if, if you go up to someone and say, you know, you, you, you look like you're dragging today, you know, or, are you okay? Or, you know, if, you just, if it's something obvious, uh, you, like maybe you're missing an arm or something, hey, you know, notice you're missing an arm. No, I'm not. Well, I mean, you know, you're just, 
it's okay to have compassion towards each other, amen? Uh, and so, so it was, she, she kind of struggled about, well, how do, you, how do you pray for someone like Because it's tough. How do you pray for someone like that who kind of enjoys their sickness in a sense that they get attention for it? It's really hard to pray for folks like that because what would that person do if they were not sick? What would they talk about if they didn't have all these things to talk about? If they couldn't talk about all the medications that they're on, all the doctor's visits they got to go to, and the surgery they've had, and uh, you know, some people tell me, that, well, I've had you know 13 surgeries. You remember you've had 13? How do you remember that you've had 13 surgeries? You know, I, I, I go to the doctor and get in my physical, and they say, uh, what 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 surgeries or what? Uh, how, uh, when, when have you been in a hospital? I'm thinking, well, I know I went. I, was, I had tonsils out when I was like five years old. And I had a stitch of a finger put in, but I don't remember when that was. You know, it's it just, it, it's really hard. But the, yeah, yeah, it was August 23rd, you know, 1842. How do you remember that? You know, that was 150 years ago. You remember that you were in the hospital that day, uh, but, they, but they couldn't tell you where Exodus 15, 26 was. And, and so, um, so she just kind of, you could tell, she, she prayed for him, but I mean, if I was him, I'd like, there, were not, there was no anointing on that prayer at all because there was no hookup on his side to receive, amen? So she gets to the next guy and says, what's wrong with you? And he says, well, after hearing him, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> you know, and so what problems do you have? I mean, after listening to Paul's problems, what problems do you have? Have you been forsaken by an entire country? I don't think anybody, anybody I mean, I had a friend, you know, get mad at me the other day. Okay, what about 10,000 friends, Amen. Uh, what about your entire country? Uh, and so, you know, Paul's had real problems, amen? And yet, what does he call them? Light afflictions, amen? See, when you look at your problems in your life, whether it's sickness or disease or, or oppression or uh, a- anything, mental illness or, or uh, financial issues, whatever the problems are, if those problems, if you don't weigh them out as, as being light afflictions, small afflictions, it, when you think about them, if they're not small in your mind, then they, they've gotten bigger than the Word of God. And you have to, uh, by faith, see, it's, the reason why they're small is because faith says it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's an answer for that. The Lord Jesus is the answer for it. The power of God is the answer for it. The supernatural miracle-working power of the Holy Spirit is the answer for this. So it's a light affliction. It's annoying that it's there. You ever been, you know, have a gnat or a bug flying around you? You know, when we were on the, um, we used to, uh, we lived in a small farm, and, and, of course, when we were growing up, uh, if it was daylight, we had to be outside the house during the summertime, right? You just leave. We weren't allowed to come back in the house. And so you're outside all day long. And, and you get these, it had these horse flies fly around you and buzzing you. Uh, and, and so you would, you, you'd figure out, well, if I go over to, to my brother and I kind of lean towards him, see, then the fly would fly around both of us. And as he's making the circuit around my brother, then I would run, right? And then, then the fly would be on him. And so... That's, that's how you get rid of a horsefly, in case you're wondering. But, uh, but it's just, it, you know, it wasn't really serious. Sometimes they'd bite you, which, which really hurt, but most of the time they just buzz around you and, and be annoying. Uh, and that's kind of the way our problems are. They can be annoying and, and annoying to have to deal with. Uh, you remember when Paul, in, in um, Acts 16, when, when the, the woman was declaring, these men are, 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 are um, uh, uh, ministers of the Most High God. But she was, she, she was a, a Satan worshiper, right? She worshiped the, it was called the python spirit, right? The spirit of divination was upon her. Uh, and, and so, uh, and, and about three days later, he said he was grieved. And he, and he cast the devil out of her. So it wasn't like she was harming him. It wasn't like she was doing anything to cause him sickness or disease or financial difficulty. She was just annoying to him. And after three days, the Spirit of God gave him the, the release to cast the devil out of her, which... In that case, it's, it's unusual because most of the time when you cast the devil out of somebody, you should cast the devil out of somebody if they want you to. Uh, because you get to Matthew 12, uh, where it talks about when, it, when, when the devil is cast out and he goes on into the, into the dry places seeking rest and finding none, he'll come back to the house finding it uh, clean, swept, and garnished. And it says he'll bring with him seven more devils, and he's, and he's seven times worse off than he was before. So it's not a good idea. Some people say you can't cast the devil out unless somebody allows it to, but I don't think that's true. I think if the Spirit of God gives you the unction to do that, then you can do it, which is what Paul did in Acts chapter 16. It's not wise to do that because if, you're, if you care about people, you don't, you don't want them to be worse off than they were, but she was annoying to, to the move of God, and so 
She'll have to deal with her, the ramifications of her choices, not Paul, amen? Uh, and so, so anyway, that's, that's another whole discussion there about casting out devils, but, uh, but Paul called them light afflictions, light afflictions, amen? Uh, that's why when he was in, in Acts chapter 16, after he cast the devil out, they threw him in prison. Uh, and um, uh, it says that at midnight, he and, he and Silas did what? Prayed and did what? Sang praises to the Lord. Amen. Uh, why? It's just a light affliction. Oh, he's in jail, in a Roman jail. You know, Roman jails are not like our jails. There's no air conditioners, no TVs, there's no beds. You, you know, you're, in fact, he was, he was between guards there. Oftentimes, they'd chain him up between guards. Uh, and um, uh, you want to sleep by a guard all night long? Well, that's, that was Paul's life. And yet he said, our light afflictions. He said, uh, which is but for a moment. Uh, and so uh, the light afflictions, if there is an answer, and that's really the key for us, do you know that there's an answer? If there's an answer for the light affliction, then it's just for a moment. This is not for the rest of your life. And, and you've got to decide that, that if the word of God is so uh, and the spirit of God is real, then whatever affliction that you're dealing with in this present moment is what did Paul say, is but for a moment. And of course, everybody would say, well, our lives are but for a moment. Well, let's, I don't see anywhere in the Word of God where he wants you to suffer for the rest of your life with some malady, whatever it is, sickness, disease, or any other, any other aspect of your life. Uh, it's, it's a short duration, amen? Because, back up in Paul's list, there was an answer for everything, amen? Uh, and so there should be an answer for all of our problems. And, uh, and if there's not... You know, if you're dealing with a problem over a long period of time, I'm going back to Philippians chapter 3. If you're dealing with a problem over a long period of time, you know, we should learn from uh, people like Lillian B. Yeoman uh, in her book uh, that we've been using in her book as a reference on, uh, in healing school. But she was saying uh, how if, she's, if she prays and she's not getting the answer that she needs in prayer, she starts changing. And that's, that's a good, that's a, a good um, practice to uh, add to your life. That if you're doing something and nothing's changing, if you're praying for something and nothing's changing, you're not getting the answer to your prayer, then either uh, God has to change or you have to change. Amen? Somebody's got to change. And it's surely not going to be God. Amen? So it's got to be something in you. So I always go to the Lord. If that's a situation, I go to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, what, am, what am I doing wrong that I'm not getting the answer to this prayer? Did I miss it somewhere? Did I say something wrong? Is my confession bad? Or uh, is, is there any sin in my life that I've got to deal with? Or, you know, tell me what I need to change to get the answer to the prayer. Because it, especially if it's something that we know that the Lord has already told us that belongs to us, like healing, then, then that's an easy thing. Uh, you should be healed. End of story. Amen. You should live in life with divine health. If you cannot find, if you cannot obtain healing, you should go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's going on? And, and, uh, and then allow him to be honest with you because, you know, if the Lord said, well, it's because, you know, you're in sin. No, I'm not. Well, why would he answer you if you're going to ignore, if you're going to ignore what he said or you're going to argue with him? Now, you know, if you say, well, I need more information, Lord, that's fine, right? Uh, things like that. You know, we do have a relationship with him and, and he's not super touchy, but, but you can't disrespect him and say, no, you're wrong. Uh, that would be disrespectful, Amen. Uh, and sometimes you may say, well, you don't have the faith for that. Or, or, or you know, you've not been applying your, uh, li listen to your confession. He'll rewind all the things where you've said that, that uh, you know, I can't get it. It's not mine. I don't know why. And, and a lot of folks spend all their time on the question instead of spending all their time on the answer. Uh, and, and, uh, and so you've got to find that path for yourself. Now, I don't have an answer. If someone comes up to me and says, I've been trying to get rid of this sickness for 20 years. Why am I getting, I don't know. Unless the Spirit of God gave me supernatural revelation, which you could. Uh, I wouldn't know. Uh, now, if I spent enough time with you, I bet I could figure it out. I could just listen to you. Most of the time, I just listen to people, uh, and, and uh, it's usually pretty obvious. Well, you know, every time it rains, my right knee hurts. Oh, well, then, okay, there you go. See, that, that's a confession for the future, amen? Every time it rains. So that means tomorrow when it rains, your right knee is going to hurt. So that's your confession. That's your faith. Your faith is that when it rains, my right knee hurts. Uh, and the Lord will not, he will not uh, violate your will by changing that, by doing something. He would have to go in and violate your will and say, well, I know your will is that your right knee hurts every time it rains, uh, and for me to heal that, I would have to violate your will, what you want. 
Uh, and so I, I, he cannot do that, amen? And that's a lot of times is, is what's your confession? Now, again, I'm not the confession of police, but there's a lot of things people say. I, I, th- I don't say anything, I, but I think in my own heart, I wouldn't say that. You know, well, every time, you know, uh, every time the flu gets it, I'm always the first one to get it. You know, people say things like that. Now, I don't hear that much around here, but I do hear on things on occasion that uh, even in, in our church here that, that I think I wouldn't say that. Because anything that, now, now you say, well, you know, six years ago I was sick and it, was, and it lasted for 12 months. And, you know, that's all in the past, amen? That's not your confession. That's just things that happened in the past. And, and some people won't even say that. Well, it's in the past, amen? But see, if your heart is, but it's probably going to come back, well, then that's an issue, right? Uh, I'm just waiting for it to come back. Um, uh, and, and so, well, then, then it'll come back, amen? Um, uh, and so now, it's not like a curse that's going to happen immediately but you're opening yourself up to the devil, amen? So what's your confession for tomorrow? What's it, what's it going to look like tomorrow? Well, I'm the healed of God. And really, it's your confession for today is what it is, because if you are, if you are not well and you say, well, I'm not well, but what's your confession? If, if you just say, I'm not well, then that's your confession. I am not well. Uh, it, but, but if you say, I'm not well, but I'm the healed of God, well, then your confession is that uh, that, that sickness has to leave, Amen. So now I'm not your judge. I'm not, I'm, not your, I'm not your confession police. I can't answer that. But again, confession may be only one aspect of the issue. It could be a lot of things. It could be one thing. Uh, and you know, sometimes, and this is the case, sometimes it actually is nothing. Sometimes it's just, it's just there, that sickness is there, and you need to override it by faith and then never give it up. Never give up in the sense that, um, well, I tried it for a month and it, it didn't fix. Amen. You know, I had, I told you I had, uh, went to the doctor one time for my regular checkup, and um, he said, well, is there anything else? And I said, well, you know, uh, uh, about six or seven months ago, my, my right shoulder started bothering me, and I said, about two months after that, my left shoulder started bothering me, and he asked me a few questions, and, you know, what about this, and what about that? And after, he said, well, he said, uh, well, it, it uh, sounds like arthritis to me. And I said, okay, it was just arthritis. So, oh, don't say it's just arthritis, because, you know, arthritis is serious. Well, arthritis is serious uh, if you have no answer. But if you have an answer, it's just arthritis. It's a light affliction, amen? So I just went about every day, you know, I'm the healed of God. I'm the healed of God. Now, for whatever reason, that took months to overcome. Months to overcome. But, you know, part of it was, I just, I just it, it's, not, it's not a super uh, big thing for me. I'm not going to die from it. I'm, it's, not, it's just an annoyance, amen? So sometimes I'd forget to, you know, apply any faith to it in particular and and if, and if I try to raise my hand to get something or do something with my arm, uh, in fact, this was when Jared was a senior in, in high school, and uh, when he played during baseball scenes, we'd throw, we'd throw the baseball, uh, uh, just play catch out uh, in the yard and stuff, and it was all I could do to go do that. But see a person of faith, I'm going to go do it. Does that not mean if, if, you know, you don't go do it unless that's your heart, amen? Don't go do it because I did it. Uh, but that, I'm going to go do it. But it was tough. It was hard to do that. We played racquetball, and, uh, and it was tough. Uh, and, um, but after a year, it just, now, I don't know when actually it, it, dissolved, it just went away. Amen? And I had the same thing. Actually, uh, arthritis is something that I've had to deal with uh, actually over the years in different places. It's tried it in my hands, tried it in my shoulders, it's tried it in, in both of my elbows. And then every single time, I've used faith to overcome it, and it's always, it always leaves, permanently leaves, right? It's not there now. I can do everything in my arms and hands. Um, uh, and it, if it shows up anywhere else, we'll deal with it there too, amen? And I have no, it's not a confession that'll show up anywhere, but if it does show up, uh, it's the same answer, amen? Because I could say, well, you tried to come in my hands. So I, I commanded you to leave, and that went instantly. You tried to come in my, both my shoulders, and I commanded you to leave, and it left. Uh, you tried to come in both of my elbows, and, and I commanded you to leave, and you did. Uh, and so it, it, uh, the arthritis is running out of joints to try to get on me, amen? Uh, and, and so uh, it's, it's all right. Um, uh, and so, um, so there are light afflictions. And, and in your heart, that's where you have to be. You have to be there no matter what comes my way, it's a light affliction. No matter who comes my way, it's a light affliction. No matter what they say against me, it's a light affliction. No matter who beats me or who, who attacks me or what sickness comes my way or what poverty tries to come into my life, what mental illness tries to uh, put it, uh, place itself upon me, it's a light affliction. It's a small thing compared to the power of God. Uh, and, and once you get that settled, then it's just a thing. It's just everything, everything is just a thing. Nothing is a big thing. It's all a light thing, amen? 
Uh, and so that, and that's really what, what uh, if nothing else, uh, if you can get that settled in your heart, that in the fellowship of his sufferings, yes, we will have to suffer. And the only suffering that we'll ever have to suffer, really, you know, as a Christian, is the suffering of persecution. Uh, and, and can we get out of that? Can we not get out of that? That's between you and the Lord. Everything else, you have an answer for it. and says, I don't have to suffer for that. I don't have to suffer under, uh, under sickness and disease or poverty or mental anguish or, or depression or sadness or anything. You, there's an answer for all of those things, amen? Uh, and so the only thing that, that uh, may come your way that you can't, uh, when I say uh, you, you, can't, uh, uh, you can't get out of it, uh, it seems to me that uh, there's nothing you can do to keep persecution from coming to you. Jesus was persecuted. There's nothing he could do that, that would keep him from it. But he always, uh, he always got the victory over all persecution. Uh, and in my heart, I really believe that's where we as a church should be, is that we can't stop persecution from coming our way, but we can't always get the victory over it. Jesus always got the victory over it. Now, in the book of Acts, many of the apostles did not get the victory over it. Amen? Even Paul, you know, he said he was beat all those times and stoned and all those things. Well, they, they were going to stone Jesus and throw him over a cliff, you know, and things like that. And yet, didn't he walk right to the midst of them? So, so it seems to me that at least from the evidence that we have um, in both the Gospels and, and the book of Acts that you cannot keep persecution from coming into your life. Uh, you can keep sickness and disease from coming into your life. You can keep um, uh, poverty from coming into your life and other uh, mental illnesses from coming into your life, but you can't keep persecution from coming. But I, uh, I just, just, in my heart, it seems to me that there is a way that you can get out of it, Amen. Uh, and so, and you know all the stories uh, that, uh, that I was with, with my pastor at the church there and all the persecution that I received uh, from, from both my pastor and many people in that church, uh, that after all was said and done, when I was asking the Lord, Lord, why, why, did you, why did you have me stay at that church? Amen. Anybody want to stay at a church that treats you bad every time? Did you go to church? You know, who, <laughs> anybody want to sign up for that? <laughs> Nobody wants to sign up for that. Amen. Uh, if you, if the Lord, now see the Lord, when he told me to go to church there, he said, I need you to go to the church there. He said, because there are things that, 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 that the pastor needs to teach you. And see, I just assumed because he didn't tell me otherwise that they were all wonderful and happy things. They weren't all wonderful, happy things that I learned from him. Amen. There were a lot of painful uh, and, and unkind things that I learned from him. Not that I incorporated in my life, but things that make a note, don't do that. Amen. Don't act like that. Uh, and so I learned that. Amen. I learned about uh, a lot of things about how when people came and treated him unkindly as a pastor, that he would heap bitterness and he would stack up bitterness in his heart against all these people. And we'd, then would get bitter towards people who hadn't done anything yet because of all the people that came before them. Uh, and I learned, well, I'm not doing that. People want to treat me poorly, but that's on them. That's not on me. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, why am I going to add that to my life, the bitterness in my life for what they've done? That, that's doubling up. Amen. And so that's one thing I didn't learn from him is I'm not going to, I refuse to allow my heart to get bitter towards anybody who's ever treated us poorly uh, as pastors, you know, in, in this church. Amen. Uh, and so, but, but he didn't tell me that they were only wonderful things. Uh, and, and I fussed at him, not really fussed at him, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't make note to him, Lord, you didn't tell me. And he, I'm sure he's like, well, yeah, I mean, if I told you, would you have gone? Uh, if I told you you're going to suffer like this, would, would you have gone? But I asked him, you know, why did you have me? Why did you have me go there, Lord? Why did you? For 20 years, I was there at that church, and, and I was there till he passed away. Amen. Uh, and 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 I just determined, my heart, you can't beat me enough to make me leave. Although I will only leave if the Lord, if the Lord tells me to. Uh, in fact, in the middle of all it, when I was trying to find my pathway out, I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, my emotions are so, just so, unstable. I said, I, if you told me to leave right now, I said I wouldn't leave, because I'm not sure that I could do it the right way. Uh, and I just did that really uh, for my own benefit, amen? Uh, and so, so uh, you know, why did you have me there, Lord? Why, why was I there in all those years? And at the end of it, he said, <clears throat> he said, uh, the reason I had you there is because uh, my desire was for them to repent, not just the pastor, but for all the people that were in, steeped in that uh, the arrogance and that religion and, and um, that unkindness there, uh, to, to give them an opportunity to repent. He said, because everybody else before you has left. Uh, and they thought they were right because they left, right? The people that stayed, you know, that were the pastor and the people that stayed, they, well, I'm right, they left. Uh, and he said, I needed somebody to stay long enough to give them an opportunity to repent. That's how much I love them. 
And, and so I understood about the love of God that sometimes he'll send you into a situation that is difficult, that, that you don't want to be there. No one wants to sign up for that. Nobody wants to do that. But he loves all of us. And sometimes he'll have somebody come into your life that you're going to treat terribly. Hopefully it's not you, but you know, we know about people like that, right? Uh, but he'll have somebody or he'll have you go into somebody's life that will treat you poorly because he loves them. Now, that doesn't mean that in situations like a marriage that you're required to stay there. You know, my counsel is if a, if a man ever lifts a hand up to a woman, you leave. You never go back. The woman leaves, never go back, ever. Even if he comes back and says, I've changed, I've repented. That's great. See you in heaven, right? Because uh, if you're a grown man and you don't know not to hit a girl yet, you, you need a lot of help, amen? Uh, and so and let them marry somebody else if they, if they, if they have really changed. And so, um, but uh, you've got, so, th- so that's not a path that you're required to go down, amen? That's what I'm saying. Uh, you find out the path for yourself because the Lord may say, you need to leave. You need to leave right now and never go back. That's fine. If the Lord tells you to do that, you, you leave and never go back, amen? If it's a church or if it's a business, if it's a marriage or whatever it is, if there is harm being done to you, you've got to find that path. I was not a martyr, right? I was not a victim. I was there by assignment of the Lord Jesus, amen? Um, and, um, uh, and I found my path out. I found the path of victory before I left. I found the path where my heart wasn't overwhelmed before I left. And that was, you know, that was part of, part of it was for me to learn that. Uh, but that's not, the Lord didn't send me to learn that. He sent me there uh, to learn what not to do and, and, to, and to give them an opportunity to repent, amen? Uh, and, you know, the, the sad part is they never took it. They never took the opportunity. And even now, uh, many years later, they still, all those people that did those things have never repented, amen? And, and they're still, uh, they don't realize it uh, because uh, they've never talked to the Lord about it, but they suffer in a lot of ways, and they don't realize that if they would repent of what they did, and it's not so much, they don't need to call me and repent, but if they would repent to the Lord, they, they would, uh, their lives would be a lot, a lot better off, amen? Uh, and so, so there is suffering. You, you cannot keep uh, persecution from coming into your life, amen? But every other suffering, you have a right and a privilege to overcome. And, and then, the, then the very last uh, phrase there where he said, conformable to his death. Uh, and now this death here that he's talking about uh, is, did Jesus die physically? He did. He died physically on the cross, amen? Uh, so conformable to his death. So is, is that the death that we have to conform to? Are we supposed to die physically on a cross? Are we supposed to go out and find a piece of wood and, and, and make a stake? And, uh, no, because he did that for us. He did it in place of us, amen? We were all qualified to go there, amen? We were all qualified to be put on a cross and to die uh, a death. In fact, he was the only one not qualified to go on the cross, and yet he, was, he did go to the cross. So he's not talking about, he's not talking about the, the physical death uh, uh, there because then, because uh, if, Paul, uh, if Paul, Paul said that I may know him and being made, being made conformable unto his death, uh, was Paul trying to become crucified? No, Paul wasn't trying to become crucified. In fact, uh, uh, history or, or, or tradition tells us that Paul was uh, killed by, by um, uh, I think was it was having his head, he was, uh, uh, what's the word for having your head cut off, right? There's another executor, right? Having your head cut off, it's, it's a bad day right there, right? Uh, but uh, the tradition tells us that uh, uh, when, they, when they took him out to, uh, to execute him, uh, he said, they said he ran, he ran to the place and he, and he grabbed a hold of where they were going to uh, cut his head off uh, and, and he got in, in position. He was so excited to see the Lord. And they thought, he's crazy, right? Uh, he, ran, he ran to the, to the stump or whatever, you know, the place where they cut his head off. He ran to it and grabbed it in joy looking forward to seeing the Lord soon, amen? Uh, and so, but no, this isn't, this isn't, the, uh, uh, this isn't the, the type of death that he's talking about. Let's turn over to um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, he says here, and again, he talks about the troubles that he's having. He says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, he says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. Now see, again, what's your confession? Amen. Do you leave your problems right there? Oh yeah, my problem's so big, I, I, I'm not even sure I'm going to make it. Is, is that where he left it? No, it's not where he left it. Amen. He said, but. So now he's answering the problem. Amen. He, he, he's not leaving the problem that, that he was despaired even of life 
burden even of life, pressed out of measure, above measure, above strength. Uh, you know, these are difficult problems. Amen? This is not all the lights are red in Dayton. Uh, that, that lady in front of me, she's never going to check out. It's like, oh, there's one person in front of me, but you ever been in line, there's one person in front of you, and it's like an hour. Like, what, how, what are you doing? Are you like negotiating? You can't negotiate. It's, it's just, you know, it's like, what, what's taking so long? Amen. Sometimes, what's that? Buying lottery tickets. Buying lottery tickets. Is that what it is? It's the slowest thing. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, but it's like, they already know, it's like, they say all these words. Well, I need this, this, the, the seven times jumbo X. It's like, what'd you just say? It's like some secret code words for these lottery tickets. They all know them, right? I don't even, what do you talk about? And the person behind there goes, oh, yeah, they pull out all these things there, and they, here you go, and, and it's like magic. I don't know. But anyway, uh, but um, no, that's not, I don't think that would be uh, considered being pressed out of measure above strength that we despaired, even of life. You ever despaired even of life because the lights are red? You got really small problems, amen. Uh, and so uh, you've elevated your problems way above measure. But he said, uh, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Well, what does that mean? Well, it says, and he answers the question there in the verse, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. So having the sentence of death in yourself or being conformable to his death is not trusting in yourself. That as far as you're concerned, you're dead and of no value. If you, if you have the sentence of death in yourself, you know, if you need anything, are you ever going to go to the city cemetery and go, hey, I need three guys to, to, uh, to uh, dig a ditch today. Any volunteers? You're not going to get a response, are you? Nobody can help you. They're all dead. Amen. Uh, and so if you did that, we would, we would probably have other concerns about you. But, uh, uh, but see, we should all have the sentence of death in ourselves that, that we don't trust in ourselves. And so Paul said that... that uh, I want to be conformable to his death. So did Jesus have that same mentality about uh, as far as not trusting in himself? Well, he did, right? Uh, let's turn to John chapter 5 and see really what uh, Paul is talking about, about being conformable to his death because, uh, you know, I remember the first time reading these verses and thinking, these are amazing verses. It's amazing that, that Jesus would say this about himself. But uh, Jesus is talking here uh, in John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son, so who's the Son? He's talking about himself, right? The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, uh, these also doeth the Son likewise. So Jesus said, the Son can do nothing of himself. And, and, and uh, I like verse 30 a little bit better. He said, I can of mine own self do nothing. I can of mine own self do nothing. I am of no value. See, he, he has a sentence of death, right? He is conformable to this death that he's realized that he is of no value. A dead person is of no value to anybody, amen, as far as, hey, uh, 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 go over to the city and say, hey, can, can someone run to Walmart for me? Nobody's going to run to Walmart. They, they have no value to you, right? They can't dig a ditch, can't paint a wall. Uh, they can do nothing for you. They can't of their own self do nothing. And, and you have to get to the point in your life where you honestly believe that you add no value to the Lord. That all that you do, Jesus said, I can't of mine own self do nothing. The Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, uh, that's what he does. So whatever we see the Father doing as far as our life, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, then, then I do that in your power. I don't bring anything to the table. I don't bring my intelligence or my experience or my knowledge or, or my good looks or whatever it is to the table. I, I, ha I am conformable to your death. And Jesus said, I can't uh, of my own self do nothing. And until we get to that point, uh, we think we will, we will oftentimes fall back on, on the thoughts that, Lord, I got this. Lord, I can handle this. I can take care of it, Lord. Uh, and even if you could take care of it, why don't you let the Lord take care of it? Why don't you see what the Lord wants you to do? Amen. Uh, and, and see, uh, if you have the sentence of death, then you've got no opinion. What about that? Well, I don't have an opinion. What do you think about that? Well, I don't have an opinion. Well, what are you going to do about that? I don't know. Well, why don't you know? The Lord hasn't said anything about it yet. Why aren't you under pressure about it? Well, I'm a dead man. I got no, I'm under no pressure. Uh, I'll just do what the Lord says. Amen? And, and so if we go back to 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll see what Paul's answer for that was uh, and why uh, by faith, the, the, although it, they were real problems, amen, these were big things that he was dealing with. We, he doesn't specify there, but we see from other other areas in the Word of God, other uh, uh, epistles that he's written, that he had major problems, amen? 
But he said, we had, back in verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but God which raises the dead. So who do you trust in? Do you trust in yourself? You know, we, oh, I don't trust in myself. Uh, really? Uh, let's go hang together for about a week and we'll see who trusts in who, right? Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, we used to go on uh, mission trips and, and my pastor made an observation. He said, everybody's spiritual for the first three days. After the third day, you find out, you know, who's, who's uh, really a missionary and who's just there for a free trip somewhere, amen? Because, uh, and I can't tell you how many times we've been on this trip by the third day, crying, tears, it's so hard, you know, I'm so tired, and, uh, you know, three days. I mean, everybody can hold their breath for a day, amen? But three days, you know, the cold water and the bad food and the, and the uncomfortable beds and the lack of air conditioning and, and the mosquitoes and bugs and flies everywhere, and uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see, you know, uh, what happens after three days, amen? <clears throat> and so who are, who are you trusting in? And I've told you all the stories about the fellas. There's two fellas, right? So I'm from Texas. Two fellas, I'm from Texas. Well, well what's that got to do with anything? Uh, uh, and that would see what, what they were trusting in was a state, a state of Texas, right? Uh, anybody from Texas here? You're from Texas? Yeah. Can you do all things through Texas who strengthens you? Uh, can you do all things through Texas? That's what their thoughts were. I'm from Texas. Or oh, yeah? Yeah, what's that even mean, right? That's just like a made-up stuff, right? It's just, I mean, it's just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? You know, I'm a child of God. What's that mean? You're from Texas. You know, is that is I can do all things through Texas? Is that what it says? No, that's what it says. It says I can do all things through Christ. Amen. Uh, and so, if I can do all things through Christ, but you're from Texas, well, who's still going to win out? Well, surely I would. If I could do all things, but you can do a lot of things from Texas, I think I'd still have went out. Amen. Uh, and so, but anyway. Uh, uh, people say that, uh, and I, it, it's funny because on those trips, they, they said those statements, and I just, I didn't say anything, I just made a note. Because, you know, the Lord's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. Make a note, right? And, and sure enough, you know, both those guys, and it, just, it was so funny, you know. You, you should have been there. I, I hope the Lord recorded that. When we get to heaven, I'll play the video for you. Hey, watch this. Hey, he, he, he said it right here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. now, now watch, and watch over here. Oh, yeah, that great? It's so funny, right? And so. <laughs> Um, now, see, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, and, and the devil would be like, well, it's not even worth the trouble to go bother him. But if you said, I'm from Texas, the devil's like, oh, okay. All right, let's see how far Texas can go, amen? Uh, and so, uh, do you have the sentence of death that you trust not in yourself? See, you, you've got to get to where you really look at yourself in the mirror and go, I've got nothing. Lord, I, there's nothing there to help you. For me, I'm adding nothing to the table. But with you, I can do all things, amen? And me and the Lord, we can do everything because the Lord can do everything, and so I add nothing to that, amen? Uh, and so uh, if you can get to the same point, see where Jesus was, uh, he, and he said, he said over in, uh, we're, we won't go back there, I'll just read this, but in John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. So we should abide in him, right? In verse 7, there's, we should abide in him. And he tells us, uh, see, it's not, that, it's not that this is new information, but he tells us there at the end of verse 5, for without me you can do nothing. Is that a true statement? Yeah. Yeah. Do we, but do you believe that? I mean, I know it's true because he said it, but do you believe it? Do you live like it's true? Do you live as if I really, uh, without him, I really can do nothing? There's nothing I can do. I, I can't. I can't. I, even if you got talent, see, the talents you have were given to you. Amen? Uh, and so uh, you have to... You have to get to where you believe, John 15, 5, that, Lord, without you, there's nothing I can do. It doesn't matter how good of a speaker I am. You know, some people, they're, they're great orators, right? They get up and, and for whatever reason, because, because of their background or just who they are, they could just captivate an audience and just, and just get them into their, into their grips and, and just hold their attention for an hour. But the, the way they speak and the way they, they say, they tell their stories, and, and they're amazing, right? But then you listen to what they... But, uh, and people leave and say, that's an amazing service. What did he say? I have no idea. But it was an amazing service because he was so boisterous and whatever. And, uh, and you know, that, that's not me, right? But, the, but there are people that are like that. You know, uh, but I do believe that that's a, a gift that the Lord has given to people like that. But see, instead of, uh, instead of trusting in the Lord, well, Lord, I need something to say. It doesn't matter that, that I, can, I can deliver it well. I need something to deliver. 
But see, a lot of times people, it doesn't matter what I say, I'm going to deliver it well. And so they can get up and say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. People are like, wow, it's amazing. You say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Uh, and and they'll, just, they'll just leave, just, oh, that was the best message ever, and not be changed at all because the, the, the person was, was uh, someone who did not believe that without the Lord they could do nothing because they think without him I still got a great voice. Without him I still got a great talent, amen? Uh, and a lot of times people that, are, that are, have got great talent, they do struggle with this, amen? I believe the Lord has given some people amazing talent in a lot of areas, singing and the instruments, uh, and, you know, especially things that talents that are obvious and that, that we see up front. But a lot of times people like that struggle because they think I'm an amazing musician. I, I could sing and, and angels weep uh, when I sing. Uh, and, and yet there's no, there's no heart in it. You know, what they sing, the words they say uh, aren't good words or, or the instrument, but it all, becomes all about them and they, they become self-centered and, and trying to obtain glory into themselves not remembering that Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Amen? So we, we have to really be, if we want to be conformable to his death, then we need to have what Paul said, that, that, uh, that uh, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. And if, you, if that's where you can get to in your life, then you can say, I am conformable to his death. That no matter what comes my way, uh, the Lord's going to handle it. Even if it's a small thing, the Lord's going to handle it. Uh, if there's wisdom that's involved, the Lord's going to handle it. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, let's go back then to, uh, to Philippians chapter 3 there. And so, you know, I think that's, uh, those are areas that we all can grow in, no doubt. Uh, because, I, you know, uh, I'll tell off of myself, you know, there have been times in, in the past when I thought, wow, I, I, I'm really amazing. You ever thought that? <laughs> it sounds so funny to say that now, but uh, I'm really amazing. You know, I'm so smart, you know, and... and um, I, I, I mean, I really impress myself sometimes. Uh, you, you all look at me like you've never done that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we'll, we'll have a prayer line for liars and, and thieves here in just a minute. But, um, uh, but, but I, I do remember one time when, when um, we were in, in a praise and worship practice and the Lord just spoke to me. Now, see, I hadn't, ever said, I hadn't been, been a long time since I probably said that, but, but the, the thought was probably still in the back of my mind that I, I'm pretty amazing. And the Lord spoke to me one time. He said, you know, you don't impress me. He said those words, those are the exact words, you don't impress me. I thought, that's, you know, that's really an unkind thing to say, Lord, because I'm so impressive, you know. Uh, and why would you say that, you know? You, I, mean, you, I mean, if you want to listen, Lord, that person over there, they're not impressive, you know. But me, I mean, what, what in the world, Lord? Uh, and he really, I mean, he really raked me over the coals. I mean, just, just I mean, and, and thankful that was been, what, 20 years ago or more, right? Uh, but um, so that means Chris actually lived with me when I was amazing, you know. Uh, and so... Uh, Yeah, yeah, well, you know, uh, so let me read this verse to you again there, right? Uh, 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 and so, um, you know, we've got to get to that point, amen, where, where we don't impress ourselves. Uh, and the Lord, like, I mean, the Lord just really has worked, worked me over, over the years to, to get every vestige of that thought out of my life because I'm no value to him if I think I'm valued. I'm, I'm no value to him if I think I'm valuable to you, amen? Uh, and so we, we've got to burn those thoughts out of our, our, out of our lives because we really, Jesus said, you, you are of no value without me. You can do nothing without me. And we have to really believe that, amen? Uh, and, and, you know, there, there are probably people who really can do nothing. You know, for them, oh, yeah, it's easy to believe in Jesus, you know. But then the Lord, the Lord gives us all talents and abilities. I believe he's given us all talents and abilities. Sometimes it's intelligence, sometimes we work with our hands, sometimes it's music, sometimes it's just you know, just being able to see things and figure things out, amen? Uh, whatever the talent and ability is, we're thankful for them, uh, but we know they come from him, amen? Uh, and in fact, um, well, we'll just stay on that for just a second more. Turn over to, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. We'll read a verse here. That's just a really good verse. And um, 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and, and this is one of the verses he has used over the years to help me get out of uh, my amazing uh, pride, pride that I've lived in, you know, all those years. Uh, but he said here in verse 7, uh, he said, Who maketh thee to differ from another? Uh, or who, who distinguishes thee from another? Who, who does that? Who, who makes you different from everybody else? The Lord does, right? I mean, whatever makes you different than somebody else, the Lord gave you that talent and ability. Amen? Uh, whatever that is. Amen? Um, who, who did that? And so, uh, see, the problem many times with people who have great uh, talents and abilities is look at me. I'm so wonderful. You know, listen to me sing. You know, listen to me play. Listen to me speak. Uh, li- watch me do things. Amen? Uh, who maketh thee to differ f- from one another? And what hast thou, what do you have that you did not receive? That's a good question right there, right? Well, I've worked really hard for this. You know, it, it, uh, if you lock me in a room with a microphone for 20 years, I'm not going to be able to sing any better after 20 years is when I walked into that room. It doesn't matter. It's not there. I mean, it's never going to be there. Amen? It's just the Lord didn't give that to me. Amen? Now, like Chris, she'll get better at singing uh, every day because the Lord gave that to her, and, and if she is diligent with that and, and, and believes God, uh, and, 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 and even in the years that she's been singing for the church, her voice has gotten better, amen, because she has that ability. I will never have that ability. And it's okay because that's not what I'm called to do, uh, amen. But, but what do you have that you do not receive? So you have to believe in your heart. Everything I have is a gift. All my talents, whatever. I mean, if you can tie your shoes with one hand, that's a talent, right? Uh, and and um, it may not, may not be a marketable talent, but it's a talent, Amen. A lot of people have unmarketable talents. Uh, they could do things like, well, that's amazing. You can't sell it, amen? Uh, if I had a quarter, I could, I could bounce a quarter on a, on, a, on a carpet. You ever seen me bounce a quarter on a carpet? It's a great talent. I mean, very few people can do it. I can't really sell it, but, you know. Uh, did the Lord give that to me? That was probably, he's probably, hey, watch this. Uh, we'll give them that ability, amen? It's like, it's like a really small thing, amen? Uh, but it is kind of fun to watch. It's really, kids love it, amen? You watch kids, hey, watch this. Uh, you see, bounce a quarter. Uh, and so, uh, what he, I mean, this is a really low bar right here, right? <laughs> and so, what do you have that you do not receive? Well, there's nothing. I mean, literally everything you have is a gift from heaven. Amen? Now, if you did receive it, why do you glory as if you didn't receive it? Why do you glory as if you're like, look at me. I'm so amazing. Uh, why do you do that? That's a good question, right? That's a rhetorical question, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so for us, is there anything that, that you can do or any talent you have that you glory in? See, if you do, you're taking glory from the one who gave, you, gave it to you, amen? If he gave you the talent, the ability, whatever, well, I've worked hard for this. Well, who gave you the ability to work hard? You know, I've studied for this. Well, who gave you the ability to study? You know, some people, uh, you know, for me, school easiest thing in the world. I love school. I mean, just, just easy. School was easy. I mean, even in college, you know, just, I mean, I studied a lot because a lot of work, but still, just, it just came easy to me. It always come easy to me. It's always come easy to me. Uh, and I'll tell you this, one time, and I was, uh, I, was I don't know, I was probably seventh, eighth grade, maybe junior high, something like that. And um, like I said, I go to school, teacher says, oh yeah, whatever, no problem. Uh, and um, on occasion, I'd even correct the teacher, you know. In fact, one time we went to school, and the teacher said, uh, uh, you know, we had one of those parent-teacher conferences, and, and uh, how's Jerry doing? He's doing, he's such a good student, you know. I said, but, you know, uh, if he could just do one thing, it'd really help. Uh, if you could ask him not to correct me in front of you, the students, that'd be great, you know. Now, he's usually right, but it would just be better if he wouldn't correct me in front of the other students, right? And he's like this tall, right? And so... <laughs> And so, uh, but, but I remember one time uh, that uh, it was like for three days, I went to school and, and, and it, they might as well have been speaking Spanish or, or some other foreign language. I had no idea what they were talking about. I couldn't, uh, I'd look at the homework, I wouldn't even know what to do. It, it was just like, what in the world? It was like the Lord turned that switch off for like three days. Uh, and, and then after three days, it just turned back on. And, 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 and the Lord revealed to me that uh, I, everybody's not like you. Don't act like what you have, that you're special because of that. It's a gift. Uh, and, and I learned a lot from that, that, yeah, yeah, I'm really good at, at academic things, but that's because it's a gift, amen? I'm not really good at plenty of other things, amen? So, uh, so I can't glory in it 
because it was a gift. It was given to me. I can't, I'm so smart, you know, how come you're not as smart as I am? Uh, well, first of all, that's why we need each other, amen? Because whatever talents I have, you should relish the talents I have to add to your life, and I should relish the talents you have to add to my life. A lot of times we think, I'm better than you because you don't have my talent. Well, then, then you're saying that the body of Christ is not, is not valuable. See, if I said I'm better than you because you don't have my talent, then, uh, number one, uh, then, then even though the Lord puts you in the body of Christ, he made a mistake. Well, that would be disrespectful to the Lord, amen? Yeah, and, and everybody has something they can add to somebody else, amen? Uh, and, I, and, and when I meet people and I talk to people, I'm always thinking, what can you add to my life? I'm not thinking, you know, man, they're going to really love me and be impressed with me because uh, I'm so, so, so amazing. I'm thinking, what can you add to my life? What do you know? What do you, what do you have? What, do you, what, what can you do that can you add to my life that I don't know? Amen? And there's not anybody I've ever met that can't add something to my life. Um, and so, so I, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 has been a great verse uh, for me over the years because it, it, it gets all that uh, youthful pride and carnal pride about how wonderful and amazing we are. Uh, if you take this verse here along with the other verses that Jesus said that uh, if you're uh, the, the, the vine or the branch can do nothing of itself, amen? <laughs> and uh, for without me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said, right? Without me, you can do nothing. And that's a great verse. If you can believe that and live that, see, then you are conformable to his death, amen? And Paul said, I want to be conformable to his death. And Paul was, the, uh, in my opinion, was the greatest of all the apostles, amen? He wrote the vast majority of the New Testament epistles, uh, and, um, and his revelation has changed the world. You think about the revelation that Paul had, uh, and it was a gift. It was given to him. He never was like, well, I got revelation. How come you don't have revelation? Uh, and he never shied away from that revelation. You know, he, he would say, the Lord gave this revelation to me. Amen? Uh, and so let's get there. Let's be conformable to the death of the Lord Jesus. It, it would help the church, and the church would actually be better if everybody was conformable to his death because then nobody thinks they're better than somebody else. Amen? Uh, th there's a lot of times people sit back, in a church, in a church uh, building and think, you know, I could do better than a pastor. And, and technically, that could be true. Right? You, you may be a better student of the word. You may be a better speaker. But, but if you weren't called to that role, then, then that is you elevating yourself above to where you should be. Amen? Uh, in fact, uh, this, uh, when, when Dr. Frame was on the earth, you know, he started a church in Denver. Uh, and... Um, he really wasn't called to be a pastor, but the Lord had him be a pastor for several years to, to train him in some areas. Uh, and he said, one fellow came up to him and said, I could be a better pastor than you. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, well, he said, you probably could. He said, but, but the, the, the problem is, the difference is, he said, I'm called to be the pastor and you're not. Goodbye. Uh, and so <laughs> he was a little more gruff than I would probably be. But, uh, uh, but you know, a lot of times people think that. Well, I could do a better job than him. Well, that, that, that may or may not be true. Even if it was true, what's that got, what's that got to do with anything? Amen. Because you were given that gift. Amen. Uh, and so, praise God. Let, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that uh, we can be conformable to the death of the Lord Jesus. Father, by, by understanding and realizing that, that we can do nothing without you. Just as you said in the word, Father, about yourself, that can, I can of mine own self do nothing. Father, we choose to believe that regardless of what we know and regardless of what we have the ability to do and, and how we can sing and what talents we have, Father, uh, in and of ourself, we can do nothing. We have no abilities, Father, outside of you. We have no talents, no abilities. And so, Father, we trust in you. Uh, we, we will be conformable to your death, Father. We will have the sentence of death in ourselves, not trusting in ourselves. And so we thank you for that, Father. We choose to live that way. And Father, we believe that if we'll all live that way, that your church, Father, will be advanced and be able to do great and mighty things because we'll, we will then depend on each other to accomplish your plan and will in the earth. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He's good. Amen. Well, that, that'll give you some stuff to think about. Amen. These are things, especially in this area, uh, the more things that you know and the more things you have the ability to do, uh, if you've not dealt with these things in your life over the years, these, these things can take a while to get out because you just, they're just natural things that, you know, kind of sneak into your life and you don't really realize it. Um, 
but um, if you want to be the person like Paul was, you have to deal with it. Amen. And so Ms. Chris is going to come and receive an offering today. So we thank the Lord for uh, giving us the ability to, to, uh, uh, to give. Amen. So come ahead, uh, Chris. And then um, uh, don't forget uh, Brother Randy be here with us uh, on Sunday. And, um, and we'll have our church meal too, right? So, um, and we always have uh, plenty of food. So if you know folks that want to come to church and buy them anyway, and we'll always have plenty of food for them. Amen. Uh, and so we don't... Uh, uh, we don't turn anybody away from food, do we, Chris, right? <laughs> she was telling the story about uh, an office situation where, where someone turned some folks away about food, and it's like, no, we don't do that. You know, we'll feed them a- a- anyway, amen? All right, well, be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, Lord, and, and you're dismissed.